Hi everyone, it's Olga Zar from SEO Sly. Welcome to SEO Podcast by SEO Sly. Today I have a very, very special guest. This is Barry Schwartz. Barry, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think Barry is probably the only person in the SEO, SEO world who doesn't really need an in- introduction, I think. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you can always Google me and you can find a different Barry Schwartz, a more famous Barry Schwartz named Barry Schwartz, who's actually a uh-huh. professor at uh, some university who sold a lot of books, gave a lot of Google Talks, um, and I cannot outrank him. So if you SEOs are listening, oh. there are a bunch of links to my Barry Schwartz page, and hopefully I'll outrank okay. him. Okay, cool. So, Barry, can you tell me what are you up to now? Like, what do you do? Like, if somehow someone doesn't know everything. So the SEO world knows me in terms of writing a lot about what's going on with Google and search and search marketing. I specifically like to cover a lot of the Google algorithm updates, both confirmed and not confirmed. I cover a lot of issues that come up across Google search, Google ads, uh, covering a lot of this stuff around the new AI stuff, around Bing Chat, um, Google's new search generator experience. So pretty much anything that has changed or is changing with search, which is always a constant. Google, a search is always changing. So, you know, I've been doing that for the past almost 20 years now. I think this December will be uh, 20 years of me writing about uh, search uh, over, the, over the past, you know, many years. And I've probably written, I don't know, probably close to 50, maybe 40 to 50,000 different uh, posts. Or I don't want to call them articles, but definitely posts on on uh, on search. A couple paragraphs usually, not like a tweet, but uh, a post. Yeah. So I've written a lot, and I apologize for all the uh, content spam and uh, lots of content. But I like to write about what's going on in search. Yeah, that's awesome. And you have Rusty Brick, right? Yeah. So Rusty Brick is my software development company. We build. Uh, mostly soft. We spend, we make most of our money building software for third-party companies. Anything from, I don't know, taxi cab software to hospital administration software to, mm. I don't know, software to make businesses more efficient or to help uh, charities raise more money. Um, we look at ways to make companies more efficient, and that's my other passion: is how can I make things as efficient as possible for you or me, or for a company, or for whatever. Which is why I'm able to actually write so fast and quickly. People think I don't sleep. People think I um on some steroids or something or some type of medicine to make myself work so fast but no it's just being really really efficient um and a lot of that comes from you know our my passion around making other people and other companies efficient um through software so i do a lot of that for third-party companies and that's where i make the bulk of my income to support my family and so forth yeah that's cool i actually have this question on my list where i wanted to ask you some productivity efficiency tips so it's definitely coming okay so let's move back in time those 20 years ago so how did that all happen like why did you start writing about seo why did you like start search engine roundtable like how it all came into being yeah. Um, so the story is basically, I think a lot of, like a lot of people who started in the early days, we were building software websites, you know, applications in the early days, like the late nineties. Um, and most of that was building out websites that you had to build from hand. And there was, were no like CMS packages back then. Um, and we built a lot of different like websites back then. Um, and I think a client of a client's 
ask that person, like, how do you rank well in Alta Vista or whatever searches were out that those days? And they said, oh, speak to Barry. So they, they reached out to me. I'm like, you know what? I'm not exactly sure. I think it was like late 90s. Let me do some research. And I just became engro- like just obsessed with how search works and going to the forums and the SEO community back then, people tracking the various um, Google updates, people tracking the various ranking changes at the different search engines. And I took a lot of notes. I read a lot of books, actually. Oh, actually, two books primarily. I think Shari Thoreau's book and uh-huh. also Mike Grahan's book. Uh, one was more technical, one was more abstract. Um, and it was pretty simple. I'm like, oh, they, Google uh, search engines crawl, index, and rank based off of content on the page and how, what people are saying about those pages, like links and so forth. And those fundamentals really haven't changed much. But so I basically you know, did that. Then I got more into the weeds in the forums, did a presentation for that client and just kept up, up with it ever since. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, that's pretty much what I did in terms of why I started searching the round table was because the forums were just full of so much knowledge, um, especially deep in the forums. So you, people would do posts in threads that were, you know, 200, 300 posts long, and nobody would see them outside of those who were all other people who were actually in the forums. And those people in the forums also didn't really see them because they didn't really read every single post. So I thought, you know what, let me highlight the posts that I thought were the most, um, you know, most useful for me at least and share them on a blog. And that's why I called it Search Engine Roundtable because I want it to be like a roundtable of ideas from the SEO community uh, where I would highlight those ideas. And that changed over the years. Obviously, forums are less popular these, these days. You have the, you know, the Webmaster World Forums, you have the local search forums, but a lot of the conversation now is on Twitter and social media. So I still try to find some of the, you know, best posts and best stuff in on Twitter and social media and forums and kind of highlight that a lot of that is from like Googlers themselves these days. Cause back in the early days, Google wasn't really around. I think Google guy yeah. came on board back in like 2002 or so, 2003. We did have somebody from Google, but it was unnamed until later when we found that it was Matt cuts. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was just basically the reason of being obsessed with it and then giving a place for me to put my notes and to share that those notes with people. Okay, cool. And how did search engine roundtable evolve over time? Did you change the design a lot? I think it has been like similar for many years. Am I correct? It's, it's yeah. So I've changed the design. Actually, I was first starting with a movable type platform, which was like one of the first. Like it was before WordPress. Then WordPress uh-huh. came out. I did not switch to WordPress. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to build the CMS, the, the content management system by myself. So we built our own custom made CMS. Um, with that, I launched the design and then I think I did one or two redesigns on that CMS since then. Uh, but I do have a new design that I actually approved internally, um, maybe like four years ago, which I still haven't programmed into the new site. So I I think that new redesign that has not been implemented has to do another redesign and hopefully I'll get it implemented. But you know what they say about, you know, shoemakers, you know, we're constantly doing stuff for yeah. clients. It's hard for me to like pull yeah. off my team to like work on my own website. Although it's probably the most visited website out of all my clients. Um, Cause again, it's, it's a public website. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I do need a redesign. I just have to implement it. And because it's a custom CMS, it's not just like taking a theme or uh-huh. customized theme and sticking it on a WordPress. It's, it's a lot of work to, to get it working. Um, although yeah. I do love my CMS that I built, you know, 15 years ago, it works very, very well and does exactly what I need. Um, but I do need a redesign. So yeah, it's been a while. 
Uh, so you built as a CMS yourself. So you are also a programmer, right? My team built it. I'm pretty technical. I didn't program myself. One of my, I work with one of my, I think one or two of my developers. So I have a team of about like 15 developers at Rusty Brick. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Some are more focused on mobile. Some are more focused on, you know, web. Some are more focused on database, um, APIs, whatever it might be. Um, we built some Google Glass apps. I'm looking forward to building the new Vision Pro at, uh, software. Oh. But we we build we build stuff, and it's really hard for me to pull some of my team members off to like work on my own personal projects. Sometimes. Yeah, I totally get it. Okay, so regarding the search engine roundtable, can you tell me like some stats, like how the traffic was like evolving? Like when was the peak? Is it at its peak right now? Like how was it weathering a Google update? I remember that after one update, you you lost some traffic, if I am correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm on my peak or not. Uh, that's a good question. So yeah, I've definitely been hit by a couple of updates. I think a pan update in the past and some other updates. Um, Google said I should do a poll to see what my readers think. The readers were biased and they like the site. Um, generally, I mean, the site ranks pretty well, generally. I mean, it doesn't rank as well. Search Engine Land, which I also write at, um, doesn't yeah. rank as some of some other sites, but Search Engine Land is a much bigger site. I I'm the only one who really writes that Search Engine Roundtable. It's just me. There are some, like one or two posts every year by somebody else. Um, like Glenn Gabe sometimes posts randomly and so forth. But generally, it's like 99.9% .9 of the stuff is just me. Search Engine Land is a much bigger site with a lot more writers. And those sites tend to get more traffic because it's just a lot more content, more diverse, and there's editing processes and stuff. Um, Search Engine Roundtable does get a tremendous amount of traffic um it does it did grow over the years there are times where it dipped um there are google updates that impact it here and there but overall i think it's doing pretty well ranking wise i don't really look at the tools or i do look at the analytics i look at it daily usually the real-time analytics to see what stories are spiking um just because i want to make sure the stories that are getting read by a lot of people don't have too many typos so i will go back usually i write it hit publish, don't look back. Um, oh. I never like edit those posts on searches around table. But if somebody's getting a lot of traffic, I might go back to it, make sure it actually it reads right because sometimes I'll be on a phone call while I'm typing and some of my phone call conversation gets into my post, uh, which is not a good way of writing stuff for people. Oh. But yeah, it takes time. And I think, um, yeah, I think this the this, uh, site has grown over the years. Um, is it growing year to year? It depends. Like some years it will grow five, 10%. Some years it will go down because of a Google update. Some years it will go back up five, 10%. So I think it's pretty much flat. I guess it plateaued at this point. Uh huh. And yeah. have you been doing anything in response to, for example, drops after Google core updates? No, I just write what I think people want to read, what I want to write. Uh, I do change because I personally like to change. I personally love change. So I like, for example, mid journey and AI images, I'm really loving yeah, yeah. AI images because you can't get like a, a story of a robot indexing a page, like maybe holding a notebook and flipping through a notebook without, there's no like stock images for that. So you can make anything using um, mid journey. And I've been having fun with it. I don't think it impacts my rankings at all. I just think it makes some people smile when they're reading the story maybe. Um, but I don't think it has impacted any click through rates from any stories, anything with discover. I don't think it has impacted my clicks from Twitter or Facebook. It's just an image and I just personally like doing it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't really look, I don't focus too much on rankings or traffic, although I really should, but 
I, I just, it's, it's a hobby. This, this, the writing stuff is more of a hobby um, than it is a business. So honestly, uh-huh. if I had no advertisers, we're having advertiser now, but if I had no advertisers, I'd still do it. I and mean, I've done it for oh. years without advertisers. So. so do you have a lot of, for example, traffic from Google discover? Is this like an important source for you? Um, I could check Just um, Google search console. Google discover sends it out. Right now, in terms of this date range, the overview page shows me 30, 36% of uh-huh. my performance data. Yeah, that's So that's I guess something. it's significant. And regarding SEO, have you been ever SEOing search engine roundtable or just writing? That's a good question. I mean, I cover SEO for so long. The way I think is it's... to write in a way that people would search for it. So in the early days, okay. running, people would use these abstract titles, like not put words into a, a header tag or a title tag of what the person's actually going to read. It was like more abstract titles of like, I don't know, artsy stuff. I'm like, why would you do that? Write what people want to, you know, write in the title what people are going to read. Um, some yeah. people use like clickbaity stuff, like the, the Google added these three new things that are going to change your life. I never write like that. Cause I'm like, I would, I would write Google at X, you know, whatever they're right, whatever they added, I would put in the title, Google added this, this, and this, as opposed to yeah. writing three new things, um, which generate less clicks, but I don't want to have people have to click if they don't have to. Again, it's all this is about this efficiency stuff. Why require somebody to, to click if they get everything they need from a tweet or when they get everything they need from the headline. So yeah. although you can't always get everything perfect in a headline, some people call me out for being clickbaity when I didn't mean to be. Um, but I don't think so. Um, I, I've <laughs> yeah. been called out for lots of things over the years. It's, it's oh. okay. Um, but yeah, so when you write, you know, 40,000 plus articles, sometimes you don't, you're not perfect every single time. That's okay. But yeah, I mean, I don't think, um, I think by nature, I write in an SEO friendly way just because I understand how it works. Um, and also, yeah, I've used all the markups over the history. You know, I have some old authorship art markup on there. I have some old legacy stuff that Google has. Google Plus years, just... authorship. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even older stuff, like well before that, there was some like really weird, before it was called schema or structured data, really weird stuff. So if you look at the code, you might see some really weird stuff there, which is all part of the redesign and cleaning all that stuff up one day. Um, but there's a lot of legacy stuff on that site that needs to be cleaned up. And most of the reason I've done those things is because Google announces something. I want to test it, be the first to try it out. Um, so moving, I was like the first one to move from HTTP to HTTPS just to see how Google will handle the indexing. You can see the spike of the Google search console profile being indexed, um, less on the HTTP and at the same time, the new profile on HTTPS. So I love to like be the first to try things because people are afraid to try it on their own websites because it makes them money. So I'm like, I'll try it. Um, so I'm, I'm one of the first people to use speakable markup back when Google assistant was big. Um, so I do like to try stuff because I love the change. I love trying things and so forth. Yeah, cool. And regarding indexability, do you like keep all those 40,000 articles indexed? Are they indexed or do you like remove them because they're so old? I've only removed one article using a robot.txt oh. file ever. Um, so no, I don't oh. remove any old articles. Uh-huh. And just out of curiosity, those like 15-year-old articles, are they still bringing you traffic? Probably not. But at some point, I, I, I sometimes go back to stuff. Like uh-huh. Yahoo is supposedly coming back with their own search engine. I'm not going to go yeah. ahead and remove all those Yahoo stories. I mean, for, <laughs> de- for years, for five, past five years, of Yahoo was dead. 
uh, but they might come back. So now it'd be great to go back. Like just recently in PubCent, Microsoft um, seems to be revitalizing their something called PubCenter, which was originally called Microsoft Content Ads, which was basically Mm -hmm. a version of AdSense from Microsoft, which originally was actually from Yahoo Publisher Network. Um, So I have all those old stories from like 2007, 2005, whatever, that I now link back to because PubCenter is something that's coming back. Um, So getting rid of that history, I think, although it's not useful today, it might be useful in two, three, 10 years from now. Okay, so let's talk about writing articles. So how many posts, articles per day do you write and how long does it take you to write one or all of them? Yeah, so I probably write about anywhere from like six, seven articles to 10, 12 articles, like somewhere in like the six to 12 article range per day. Um, Usually an article takes me about less than 10 minutes uh, to write. So you are, um, and these probably... are not like your. You write long articles. I write, you know, two, three, four paragraph articles. Nothing big. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and... This is what changed. This is what happened. You know, no real opinion. Just this is what what you should be on the lookout for. Um, okay. Sometimes I'll write a really long piece, like if I think it's important. But generally, um, I write fast and short. Yeah, but I still think you are probably faster than if someone was to write this with ChatGPT. <laughs> And yeah. talking about ChatGPT or, or similar tools, do you plan on using them to enhance your writing or to maybe speed it up even further or you simply write everything like with your own hands? I write everything in my hands. I did try it a bunch of times and I still try it. It just doesn't sound the way I write. So I just uh-huh. put it back. I don't, I don't like the way it comes out. I, people like to read my stuff without having my name on it and they know I wrote it. Um, and I want people to know it's my tone. It's the way I write. I seem like ChatGTP kind of fluffs stuff up and some yeah. words that are not necessary. Um, and again, I really like to write short. I like to not use unnecessary words because people are have their time is valuable. And I think I don't want to take up more time um, from their, you know, whatever slot, eight hour day or 12 hour day, whatever, however they work, just by adding fluffy words just to make it, you know, rank better or sound better. So no, my articles, uh, ChatGPT tends to fluff stuff up and add unnecessary yeah. words. And I don't like that. So I don't use it. Yeah, sure. And uh, can you share how you monetize SEO roundtable, round a search engine write roundtable? Yeah. So uh, the vast majority of the advertising is handled by a company called Third Door Media, which owns Search Engine Land and XMX. So I said, here you go. You could go ahead and monetize it. I don't want to be involved in who you pick for advertisers and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, so I try to not have any any people who are paying money for, to the website have any influence on what I write. Um, in fact, I've had some advertisers that I think I've written negatively about before in the past. Like if something comes up in the SEO community that's bad, I no, just because uh-huh. they pay me pay me money, I'm not going to go ahead and um, you know have that influence how I write. So yeah, I mean, there's that. I also have some YouTube. I do some YouTube stuff, which I think you watch. Um, yeah, I do. Those I, I handled those ads myself. So I think like Wix and yeah, SE yeah, Ranking yeah. and um, Bruce, Bruce Clay. Clay and yeah, yeah. Duda, yeah. I think. A bunch of companies actually well. sponsor that. Yeah. Yeah. So so the next thing I, I just wanted to ask about YouTube. So how long does it take you to? create such an such a video i've been trying to do those weekly news but it's taking me so much time and i keep trying and i never stick to this weekly kind of schedule how do you do that 
it's basically just a summary of what I've written for the week. So it's not so bad. Um, it takes me about anywhere from nine to 12 minutes usually to record it. Um, uh-huh. Setup is just putting up a light. So maybe a, a two minutes to set up, 10 minutes of approximately of recording. And then the editing takes me about, I don't know, 10 to 20 minutes. And you, usually do a more... you edit that yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I edit myself. Um, it usually is pretty quick. It's just me watching stuff. And maybe if I cough, I'll cut it out. Um, I'm usually a one take type of person. So it's usually not much editing and I really do it fast. So I could have a video uh, recorded and uploaded and live usually within 30 to 40 minutes. Although wow. YouTube sometimes takes a while to process it yeah. to make it HD quality. Um, but usually I'll post it before it's HD quality anyway. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, very fast. Okay, so talking about being fast and efficiency, can you like share maybe some of your techniques, some of your some of the things you do, you did, uh, so that you you became so efficient? How other SEOs can become at least a bit efficient as you? Because for me, this is right. a problem. Like for me, it is like the entire day to write the newsletter and record the video for the newsletter, and for you, it will be probably an hour, right? <laughs> right, but I also write daily, so it's different. It's, I yeah. remember, so it's, it's like I'm just taking stuff I've written before. But usually yeah. my writing is about, I don't know, I spend maybe an hour or so writing a day. Usually I do that, I don't know, between 6 and 7 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. The rest are just usually mostly scheduled stuff. So it's a routine. I think the, the most important thing is to have a consistent routine when you do something. Don't, like, say I'll do it another day. Don't say you'll do it another time. Put on your calendar, whatever you need to do to say, I'm doing this routine either daily or weekly and don't miss that routine. If you have a routine, I think becoming more efficient over time with that routine will make it easier. Um, there are ways to speed stuff up with that routine. And a lot of that has to do with looking at your workflow. So I don't know what the listeners' workflows are, but if you have a certain workflow and you know you can make it a little bit more efficient by maybe removing email subscriptions and signing up to their RSS feed alternative, or maybe um, you have set up some type of alerts on using Google alerts to notify you if something happens, or maybe some type of triggers using some, I don't know, CMS tools or um, CRM tools to make things a little bit more efficient. It depends on what your workflow is right now, what you're using, but there's definitely ways to look at what you're doing and saying, how can I save time uh, with subtasks or whatever it might be. It's hard to say in abstract or what, what, how, what to do specifically, but I don't, I have very few email subscriptions. I use a Feedly for almost everything. Um, I'm also a big RSS person. Um, yeah, I do a too. lot of scheduled tweets. Um, I have a lot of columns and tweet deck for tracking certain types of people. I have a lot of actually bookmarks that I have automatically checked using tools to see if the, the pages have changed over the over the day or year uh-huh. or months or whatever, however frequency I check it. So there's a lot of different tools that I use to kind of make it a little bit faster. But I think the number one thing is the consistency. Every single day or every single week, do the same thing in a certain way and you'll find ways to tweak out a little bit of a performance boost out of those types of processes. Okay. And have you ever taken like a break, like for a week or for five days, for two weeks? during those 20 years? I don't, I'm, um, so I do take off for Jewish holidays. Yeah, yeah, sure. Which means I'm completely offline. Some days, that sometimes that could take three days. So sometimes it's like a three-day, and that drives me insane because I don't know what's going on for three days. But when I go on vacation or 
or family vacations or whatever it means. If as long as I don't like religiously have to be offline because I don't want to be mm-hmm. struck by lightning, um, uh, then I usually just continue the routine. My routine is early in the morning, so the kids are sleeping, the wife's sleeping. Um, I'm doing my routine early in the morning, and then when I wake up, I'm already pretty much done with the routine. Then I'll have my phone. I can just keep track of stuff. So I do check RSS feeds on the go. I do check email. I do do you know. In addition to my other work, I'm constantly doing this that as well. So I feel like falling behind is one of the worst things for me because then it just piles on. There's nothing like getting back online after a Jewish holiday and having four thousand emails. And, <laughs> 10,000 RSS feeds that are unread. I spend literally after our Jewish holiday, maybe like four or five hours just trying to catch up at night. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And And how much of this time every day uh, can you say it is reading, reading, like following what's happening now on a normal day? Uh, That's a good question. So maybe, yeah, so maybe an hour of writing and maybe an Mm -hmm. hour to reading i read fast so i don't know if it's i don't really track my reading uh, but uh-huh. i know how long it takes for me to write a post so it's usually somewhere between five yeah. to ten minutes to write a post uh, the reading is probably faster i don't know maybe an hour uh-huh sure okay and in addition to search engine roundtable do you have other websites because i, I remember you started some website uh, i think last year it was about cars if i remember yeah. correctly yeah do you have like yeah. other similar projects which you may be SEO? So that's search, search Engine Land is I'm like the main, I've been mm-hmm. there since it started. So Search Engine Land is um, with Danny Sullivan started it. I was actually with him at Search Engine Watch before that, SES and XMX. So yeah, that's another thing that I do and I write about, I write there at least a couple times a day. Um, and then yeah, that other site, the car site, I no, no longer do because the community was just it was just a stock. I, I wanted to cover the car because I thought the car was really, really cool. Um, but then there's a whole stock community behind it, like the investment community behind it. And uh-huh. they're like cutthroat. If I write anything positive, neutral, or negative about an issue with a car, like a car owner had an issue with the car, maybe it stalled or something, I thought it was cool, or the car caught on fire because it fell off a truck. Um, I would cover that because I think it's cool. But then the stock community would be like, oh, you're trying to kill the stock and try to like... <laughs> make pump the stock you're trying to do this with the stock i'm like forget it i'm done i just had enough of it um uh so i i moved away from that uh i'll stick up put my efforts towards the search community instead um but okay. yeah search engine land and search engine roundtable and then of course my company rusty brick and uh can you share more uh about what you specifically do at R- rusty brick so like more details than, than you said in the beginning yeah, so my personal job is to obviously get new is to get more business, um, to deal with clients high level. We I make sure the projects are it's a higher level thing. So I, I'm I'm the owner of the company. So I make sure the programmers are doing what they need to do. Um, I make sure that we're meeting our deadlines. Um, I help handle the billing, uh, make sure clients are happy, um, and get new business. So all that type of stuff, client meetings, every, you know, multiple calls a day with clients and with when with our employees to make sure everything is going well um handle all the payroll stuff the hr stuff it's like any small business owner who has a you know 10 15 person uh employees that what they have Uh to do with you know legal issues potentially you know payroll issues tax issues um not issues but like the day-to-day stuff around that type of stuff um Mm -hmm. so just you know taking out the trash in, in the office 
So we have a physical, I'm actually working from home today, but usually I'm in my office, which is why it does look like my video today. Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to ask you about your office. Uh, I wanted to ask about the story behind those boxes uh, from, I think, Apple staff, right? So do you like collect them? Can you share more about this? Yeah, no, so I, I like new stuff constantly. So I, I'm usually the latest, the first, the first person to get the new iPhone or uh -huh. hopefully the new Vision, Apple Vision yeah, Pro yeah. stuff, whatever they are. So I like getting this stuff. I buy them and then I keep the box behind me. Um, so yeah, the boxes behind me are just stuff I purchased over the years, or maybe purchased for employees over the past years, and I kept a box because you know boxes are. Remember Mac cuts in the early days when Google would be like, it's not just about how you write your content, but think about it in terms of how Apple packages their pack their their products. It's uh -huh. not just about the product itself, but it's how it's packaged. So it's true. Those boxes are pretty cool. Um, so I have a bunch of Google boxes, Apple boxes, and other geek geeky stuff. Uh, some of the stuff I use, some of the stuff I stopped using. Um, and that's the story behind those boxes yeah so and then i have my office which i usually go i go to every single day but today i just um, not able to get there today i mean actually the internet was out this morning there so i stayed home and then it went back on um so that office is fits about i don't know 30 people and i'm like the only one who shows up there anymore everybody works remotely still since covid <laughs> okay um, and the lease is up in about a year from now so i'm looking forward to getting rid of that office and getting a smaller space at some point. Uh -huh. Okay. And can you estimate how many hours per week do you do you work? Good question. Um, it's usually from usually around five thirty a.m. till about I don't know. I have some breaks in the day. Um, I come home, I eat dinner and stuff with the kids, see the kids. Um, probably at least I don't know over twelve hours a day. Oh, um, okay. And that's every day except for Saturday. Yes, yeah, Saturday, Sunday is slower, so not so uh -huh. much on Sundays. So okay. not including weekends. So Saturdays usually about uh, an hour or two on Saturdays, and then Sundays maybe four hours. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, but still, that's that's a lot. I, mean, I don't consider this the search stuff is not really work. It's like a hobby. So whatever uh -huh. somebody might do on the weekend, somebody likes going hiking, somebody likes going fishing. I like yeah. writing about search. So, yeah, cool, cool. So uh, let's talk maybe a bit about SGE. Like, what are your thoughts based on what you have already seen in the US? You have access to it already. I don't. I have to use a VPN. But so what what do you think about it as of now? So as of now, when it first launched, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought, you know, oh, it's not so bad in terms of the links. They have these big cards there. But as I use it more and more, a lot of the content probably, like the content that it generates should be linked. Like if it's talking about a specific type of company, like it's talking about, I don't know, um, Apple, and uh -huh. maybe a list like what are the big cell phone manufacturers? Apple, Samsung, Google, whatever. Link to Apple, link to Google. Like, otherwise you have to do a cert to find it. And all, all it does is actually link to um, like review websites that then maybe or may not link to those companies. So it's kind of like dumb in that way. Um, mm -hmm. so I think they should probably increase the amount of links they have in the generative answers. Um, and I don't know, I don't see people using it that much for search. I mean, maybe they want to have conversations with it, but that's more of a BARD or ChatGPT or Bing Chat interface and less of a search in Google. I don't, I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm old fashioned. I just don't see people using it that much to get answers for their search queries. 
But I yeah. guess it's going to change a lot. It's so super early. I hate like people like, this is the ultimate guide for Google search generator experience. Yeah. It's literally changing every like hour. Like somebody's like, oh, I didn't get an AI answer for this query or I did get an it. The same exact queries change in terms of if answers are provided, what, how those answers look. Is it a blue background? Is it a pink background? Um, so all these things are constantly changing, which is great, but I don't know if we should say, you know, this is good or bad until actual search consumers have access to it, until it goes onto google.com, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm also like, I, I, I don't really know what, what to think about this, but I, I don't think it is there where, where we want it to be <laughs> in terms of like being helpful, usable. And uh, Google Bart, uh, Bing Chat, and ChatGPT, which of these do you like the most? Um, I think Bing Chat is so far the, uh -huh. the most, like, uh, I think it's the most useful right now. The links and citations, how how it's updated, like how free, how fast it gets updated in terms of answers, I find that to be the most useful out of all of them um, in terms of for how I use it. I know a lot of people love ChatGPT. Uh, but I think Bing Chat is doing a really good job. The interface could be better, but I think Bing uh -huh. Chat is so far right now, like light years ahead of everything else. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And so AI, what's happening now is kind of a revolution, something like that. So uh, can you tell me what were other uh, equally significant changes you have seen over the course of 20 years, which you can say were as important, as big as what's happening now? Yeah, um, I don't think anything was as, as, as big as this, except for the introduction of search in general. But that was prior to, that was like Google, 1990, uh -huh. you know, 97, 98. Oh. Um, so the biggest thing since this, maybe, but not even as close to the big, is probably the launch of universal search in Google, which I think yeah. was in like 2006 or so, uh, yeah. where Google, instead of just having 10 blue links, it was just basically 10 blue links in the old days, they would actually include videos, images, local packs. Um, other vertical searches in the actual search results. So if you do a search for, I don't know, uh, pizza shops in the old days, it would just be hyperlinks to websites yeah. about pizza shops. Now they have a local pack. Uh, maybe they have recipe results. Everything is much more universally blended um, in the search results. So I think that was probably the biggest user interface change since the Google search generator experience. And then obviously since then, we've had other changes to search like feature snippets, which SEOs went nuts about. Um, and so I think those are probably like the two big user interface changes since in the past 20 years, universal search and feature snippets, I think off the top of my head, probably missing something. So Yeah. And, and now we have three featured snippets. I read that on your, I think on your blog today on your website, and we have those kind of featured snippets in, in, in SGE. So this is like, I would say transformational. I don't know how to even describe that. Another, another question I have for you. So we are talking about AI. What are your thoughts about the future of SEO? Once Good we question. see what, what's happening, what, what do you predict in five yeah. years from now? So the question is like, will AI well, there's two questions, you know, in terms of content development, how will Google see that and rank that in the future if it's written by AI? And the second question is, will SEO's jobs change because of AI? Um, I think the second question is easier to answer, meaning I think SEO's jobs will change. I think a lot of the kind of stuff that could be automated or a lot of the stuff that might be 
um, I don't know, give me ideas around title tags or keywords yeah. for this type of stuff. It'd be very, very easily done by AI. Um, a lot of programming tasks could be supplemented and, and helped through AI. Um, so I think SEO's jobs will 1000% change. Um, I think SEOs will still be there because you need, just like every, like teachers' jobs will change and lawyers yeah. and accountants, everything's changing with AI. So that's definitely coming. Um, how much time do we have? I don't know. I don't know. There are tons of videos out. It might be, your job might be done. I'm just joking. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Uh -huh. um, and then in terms of how Google sees content written by AI, I was absolutely yeah. shocked that Google was like, hey, you, you know, AI content, we're fine with AI content as long as it meets our you know, criteria of being helpful and good for users and so forth. If AI can write great content, we're happy with it. I'm like, okay, fine. That makes sense. Um, and AI is just going to get better and better at writing content. And I think ultimately, I don't know, it's going to be so much content for Google to rank. How is it going to pick out which content it wants to rank? If all the content's on the same level of quality or whatever you want to call it. Um, so we have this whole EEAT stuff, you know, are those are going to change? Are you going to want something that has, are you going to have to go ahead and document this is written by AI? AI? Um, so Google's yeah. like, no, you don't really have to document it. It's good to know who it is. So maybe we'll make a note that this was helped by AI, but there's no specific guideline for that right now. Um, in addition, um, I know the EU came out saying they want to require people to document if they wrote something using AI or used AI to write something. And I know Google's coming out or has come out with meta um, data around documenting if an image was created by AI. And I think the issue with images created with AI is more about like, is this image fake? Um, did Biden really hug Trump or stuff uh -huh. like that? You can, you can make uh -huh. stuff up with images. That's pretty concerning or video. Um, and I think that's the concerning part in terms of AI content and our SEO is going to have to change your game about how they write content. Yeah. I think they should probably look at how um, AI can make their content better um, and more relevant to the user. Uh, but at the same time, they really need to add that human factor to their content yeah. um, or else it might not rank as well. But again, the whole Google announcement kind of uh, shocked me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because like before they even had this in their guidelines that uh, automatically generated content is not okay. And then it turns out it is okay, but we have to have this human EEAT kind of elements on it. <laughs> right. And I guess it makes sense that they said it's okay because they're doing their own AI generated content right in the search yeah. results. So, like, because soon everything will be AI, AI generated, so they would have to like punish almost every website. So that that would probably be difficult to do as well. Okay, so um, one of the final questions, uh, what do you think is the biggest myth, misconception that about SEO that you would like to debunk, to debunk today? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not going to go with the typical ones, I guess, like duplicate yeah, content yeah. or that. I think the biggest issue I have with SEO these days is just using a checklist and saying, Google said this, I need to do it this way because Google said that. Um, one of the things around syndicated content and canonicals. And it's like, there's so many examples of this stuff. Like, you need to think beyond those simple best practices and beyond. Um, the checklist and say, why is this, why is Google saying this? So why is Google saying you don't need to use a canonical anymore for syndicated content? 
well, oh, does that mean I could go ahead and go ahead and take content from here and just put it over here and not worry about it? Am I going to rank well? No, Google's going to rank one of those pieces of content because Google only wants one of those pieces of content in their, in their search index. They don't want to have two of the same exact pieces of content. So just because Google doesn't require you to use the canonical tab for syndicate content anymore, it doesn't mean it's going to go ahead and rank well. And I think SEOs are just too bogged down and like looking at specific checkpoints and saying, okay, this is not something that I need to do or this is something that I do need to do and thinking everything's going to be okay if I don't do something that I shouldn't be doing or that I should yeah. do something that I am doing. It doesn't work that way. And I think it's really more about how can I really, it's, it's, Google's been saying this forever and everybody rolls their eyes. How can I make the best website, the best content that satisfies my users that people want to come back to? I always tell people, um, you should make a website or a piece of content that Google would be embarrassed not to rank well in their yeah. search results. And then somebody at Google will tell an engineer and say, you know what, why is this content not ranking? It should. And they'll, they'll adjust their algorithms and, and fix things on their end. But ultimately, I think SEOs get way too bogged down by checklists and specific, you know, you know, check, check, check this off and I'm good. It doesn't work that way, yeah, especially without, not these days. Yeah, without like applying some critical mindset to, to what they're reading. Right. Okay, so can you tell me who do you think we should be following in SEO, of course, in addition to you? Yeah, Olga, um, definitely follow. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, um, I, don't, I mean, I hate to point out specific people. I mean, there's so many, so many people doing yeah. such amazing stuff. And what I do try to do in my, my daily newsletter, the Search Engine Roundtable newsletter, is highlight all the content and all the best tweets and all the best articles written by tons of search marketers across yeah, so I, I literally probably put in about i don't know anywhere from like 20 to 60 links per day and if you want to know who to follow i guess yeah, get that newsletter. you don't have to even you don't even have to subscribe just go to search the round table i publish it there too uh, and just look at the links there and then maybe subscribe to those people's sites or those people on twitter because uh, i really tried to highlight i'm sure i miss 90 percent of the stuff out there but i try to conclude as whatever i do find um, and include there so I'm not going to call anybody specifically out, but definitely look at what I'm sharing. And I do share a lot of what the community is saying. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for, for sharing my stuff as well. I've noticed you, you do that. So that's cool. Hopefully I, I'm sure I missed a bunch. So I apologize, but I try to share. <laughs> and I always share your stuff because like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to write a decent episode of my newsletter without like reference, referencing your, your website. So that's I kind of that. Thank you. that's kind of basic for me, and I guess for everyone. And maybe the last thing: what tips would you share for someone who is just starting in SEO, and what should they do? They start right now. AI, everything is like the revolution is is right here. What would you recommend for such a person? Don't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's changing so fast. Um, like everybody thought like white collar jobs are safe, you know, lawyers, content writers, stuff like that. And now it's like the safe jobs are more the blue collar work. You have to be a plumber, electrician. Yeah. Um, the best, the best, the most important thing is don't get into it for the money. Don't get into it because you need a job. Do it because whatever you're doing, do it because you have a passion. The real ones that will succeed beyond the AI revolution and taking people's jobs are those that are better than the average person. And the only person that are better than the average person are those that really absolutely love what they do. You know, create newsletters, create podcasts. You're doing this because it's not just a job. You love it. You're not having an interview with me because 
you know, you just want to make a buck on this interview. You're doing it yeah. because you love the topic. Totally. And I think that's the only way to approach something like this, um, especially now with this AI stuff. If AI can replace you, which they can replace a lot of stuff, the only way to st stand above and beyond is to be um, one step ahead of that. And the only way to do that is to have a passion, I think, to be passionate about what you do. Yeah, totally, totally. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Okay, Barry, so what's the place, the best place to kind of follow you? Of course, Search Engine Roundtable. Are you also active on Twitter, LinkedIn? What's the best place? Yeah, I'm super active on LinkedIn. I'm sorry, on Twitter, at Rusty Brick, the handle below. I'm also active on LinkedIn, um, but I, I, more, I, more, I correspond more on Twitter. I find Twitter to be much, I don't know, I love Twitter, SEO Twitter. I know there's a lot of politics and stuff like that, but I don't yeah, see yeah. Twitter. I'm just like focused in on the SEO world on Twitter. So I don't really see much outside of um, that. So I say Twitter. Um, I post stuff on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Mastodon, Blue Sky, oh. you name it, about everything. But I'm much more engaged on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay, okay, Barry. So thanks a lot for, for, for spending this time with me and agreeing to come to my podcast. This is like a huge milestone for me to have you. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. You do great work. Keep it up. And I love watching this stuff. So keep up the, the good work and writing those newsletters. Thank you. I'm doing my best. Okay. So thank you, Barry. And thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.